Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Monday, September 9th, and this is your FT News Briefing. A new study finds that more than a third of foreign direct investment are moves by multinationals to dodge tax. And dozens of British Airways flights set to go to the UK were grounded on Sunday, ahead of a two-day pilot strike. Plus, the FT's Jim Pickard previews what's coming up this week in UK politics and what it could mean for Brexit. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. A big portion of the world's stock of foreign direct investment is considered phantom capital, designed so multinationals can dodge taxes. A study by the IMF and the University of Copenhagen found that about 40% of worldwide foreign direct investment passes through empty corporate shells with, quote, no real business activities. That comes to about $15 trillion that, according to the study's researchers, is often meant to minimize multinational companies' tax bills. This is instead of financing more productive business. According to the researchers, about half of this phantom foreign direct investment was in Luxembourg and the Netherlands. Other popular areas included Malta, Ireland, Switzerland, as well as a number of British overseas territories and crown dependencies. This study comes as many governments are trying to clamp down on corporate tax avoidance. France, for example, is taking steps to tax global tech groups operating in the country. But despite efforts, phantom capital is actually growing as a share of overall foreign direct investment. In 2010, phantom foreign direct investments made up 31% of the total FDI stock. By 2017, it had crept up to 38%. If you were trying to get back to Britain yesterday on a British Airways flight, you might have run into some trouble. About 50 trips were canceled because the airline was unable to park additional planes at its bases in London's Heathrow and Gatwick airports. British Airways was already forced to pull some flights because its planes were in the wrong locations. These cancellations come as the airline braces for a two-day pilot strike that's set to begin today. Thousands of customers are expected to be affected by the 1,700 flights grounded on Monday. BA pilots are striking over a pay dispute. In an escalation last week, the airline sent an email to its 4,300 pilots warning that those who strike will lose generous travel perks for themselves and their families for three years. The pilots' union plans to challenge this measure in the courts. This week's strike is the first time the airline's pilots have walked out. BA has previously said the strikes would cost up to £40 million a day. And in other news, exports from China fell in August as the trade war with the U.S. took a heavier-than-expected toll on the country's manufacturing sector. While exports were up in July, they decreased 1% last month compared with August 2018. Economists polled by Reuters were expecting an increase. And Saudi Arabia has removed one of the most powerful figures in the global oil industry. On Sunday, the government announced that Energy Minister Khalid Al-Fali will be replaced by Prince Abdulaziz bin Salman. Prince Abdulaziz is the son of King Salman. The move breaks the longtime convention that members of the ruling family are not appointed as energy minister. Analysts said that the reshuffle would send shockwaves through the global energy industry. Last week, Mr. Fali was replaced as chair of Saudi Aramco, as the state oil company prepares for its initial public offering. And here's a closer look at one of the day's big stories. This time a week ago, it looked like UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson had a real edge over his political opponents. 
He had gotten Parliament suspended for five weeks, and it looked like this would have allowed him to hold a no-deal Brexit threat against EU negotiators. But so much has happened since then. One of the biggest things came when a cross-party group of MPs, including 21 members of his own party, voted to push through a bill that prevents Mr. Johnson from doing a no-deal. And if he doesn't have a deal by the October 31st deadline, he'll have to ask the EU for an extension. To add to matters, the Prime Minister sacked 21 rebel MPs, and in response, two members of Mr. Johnson's cabinet resigned. The FT's Jim Pickard has more on what is expected to be another eventful week in UK politics. So there's going to be lots of action in Parliament on Monday because, firstly, Mr. Johnson has been suggesting that he would like an early election as a way to get out of the current on pass. But when he tried to do that last Thursday, that was rejected by opposition parties. They said, look, we don't trust you. We're not going to back an election until we know that no deal is impossible. Now that this anti-no-deal bill was passed at the end of last week, he will turn around to them again and say, look, I'm going to try and trigger an early election. Now, you guys, especially Jeremy Corbyn, the Labour leader, have been saying for months you want an election. Now's your chance to have one. But yet again, they are going to reject that invitation because they're quite happy to see him trapped in number 10, powerless and paralysed. And then the other thing that will happen is that the suspension of Parliament can happen at any time between Monday and Thursday. This is the five-week suspension, which was his original cunning device to stop these rebels against no deal. But it's now a little bit redundant now that he's been defeated on that, but still Parliament will be suspended. And I think that's going to happen earlier rather than later. That will probably happen on Monday evening. Jim, what else should we expect this week? So the other thing that's happening on Monday, very important, is that The Prime Minister in the morning is going out to Dublin to hold talks with the Irish Taoiseach, otherwise known as Prime Minister. And it's quite an important moment because Mr. Johnson's sights are now set on trying to achieve a new Brexit deal. I mean, he's always said he wanted a deal. The whole no deal threat was always meant to be just a kind of device to hold the Europeans' feet to the fire. He's always said he wanted a deal. But in order to get a new deal, he needs the cooperation of the Irish because if he is going to keep the promise that Theresa May always used to make about uh, stopping a hard border between Northern Ireland and Ireland, then the Irish are very pivotal to some kind of new agreement. And it looks as if the British offer is going to include a kind of new form of backstop, the controversial device which got us into this trouble six months ago. This new backstop would only apply to phytosanitary produce, a kind of agricultural animal and food and vegetable plant-based goods going across the border. And they're sort of hoping that that might be a little bit easier to stomach, especially for the Democratic Unionist Party, who are the the minority partners in what is now a minority Boris Johnson government. Mr. Johnson has been saying that the UK and the EU are making progress on getting a deal done. But people on the EU side are saying that's not, in fact, the case. What is actually happening? Well, so Leo Varadkar, the Irish Prime Minister, did a walkabout on Sunday And he said that the EU did not share Mr. Johnson's assessment that he was making progress in the talks. He said that the UK idea that we're close to some kind of breakthrough was very optimistic. He said, I don't expect any big breakthroughs. So we are getting very close to a severe moment of reckoning. If this summit on the 17th of October doesn't achieve any kind of tangible new deal, then literally Mr. Johnson has some very unpleasant choices, one of which 
is to ignore the law of the land, face potentially going to prison and have this huge judicial war, or he can break his promise that Britain would be out of Europe by October the 31st, and obviously the political consequences for the Conservative Party of him breaking that promise would be very dangerous indeed. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.